Hebrews 9, I'm going to start in verse 6 and read through 14. Remember, uh, the first five verses were just describing the tabernacle. And verse 6 says this, it says, When everything had been arranged like this, the priests entered regularly into the outer room to carry on their ministry. But only the high priests entered the inner room, and that only once a year, and never without blood which he offered for himself and for the sins of the people uh, that the people had committed in ignorance. The Holy Spirit was showing by this that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. This is an illustration for the present time, indicating that the gifts and sacrifices being offered were not able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. They are only a matter of food and drink and various ceremonial washings, external regulations applying until the time of the new order. When Christ came as high priest of the good things that are already here, he went through the greater and more perfect tabernacle that is not man-made, that is to say, not a part of this creation. He did not enter by means of blood of, uh, of the blood of goats and of calves, but he entered the most holy place once for all by his own blood, having obtained eternal redemption. The blood of goats and bulls and the ashes of a heifer sprinkled on those who are ceremonially unclean sanctify them so that they are outwardly clean. How much more then will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself unblemished to God, cleanse our consciences from acts that lead to death so that we may serve the living God. Our lesson this morning is found, is birthed out of of really verse 8. I want to look at it with you again. It's on the screen. It says, The Holy Spirit uh, was showing by this, that the way into the most holy place had not yet been disclosed as long as the first tabernacle was still standing. Okay? And, 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 and here's the lesson. Just, just put it out there for you, kind of our banner this morning. What did you see this morning that Jesus is the better way? Jesus is the better way. The Holy Spirit was showing us with the tabernacle, with all of its regulations, uh, with, 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 with all of its rituals, the Holy Spirit was revealing that the way unto God had not yet been disclosed. But Jesus, Jesus is better. And He is the way of God. And that's what we're going to look at this morning. So let's start by talking about uh, the Old Covenant. Look, look at this with me. I just fill in these blanks. It says, under the Old Covenant, uh, the people of God had no way to access God. It's the first thing I want you to understand. According to this text, under the Old Covenant, the people of God had no way to access God. I'm talking about you. I'm talking about me. I'm talking about the everyday worshiper had no way to access God under the Old Covenant. Can you imagine that? Can, can, can you think about it? That, that's the major problem that's identified in our text. That's what our author is saying. He's saying all this, all this description of this tabernacle, right? It's a tent. And how did the tent start? Well, it started with a veil on the outside. And, and could the worshiper go through that veil? Absolutely not. Just priest. Only priest could go through the, out, through the outer veil. And, 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 then, and then on the inside, right? He, he explains all the stuff. And he says, then there's an inner veil. 
And, and guess what? Even the priests, the ordinary priests, they couldn't go through the inner veil. No, that was only for the high priest. And then the high priest, if he thinks he's too big, right, he only gets to go through once a year on the Day of Atonement, and he can never go in empty-handed. He can't go in just as himself. He've got, he, he's got to bring blood with him, right? And, and, and this is the description. So this is what I want you to see. This tabernacle, which is a symbol for the Old Covenant, it was just a ritualistic system of barriers between the worshiper and God. The tabernacle, and, and hear me, this, this was God's system that God set up, but the truth is that it was just a system of barriers between the worshiper and, and, and God. And, and, and just listen to some of the barriers that this text just listed, right? I mean, let, let's start with this. Only the priest could enter the, the outer room. Only the priest. Only the priest could enter the outer. How would you feel this morning if you pulled into the parking lot, right? You, you got out, and, and let's face it, I mean, it's Sunday, so there were some fights getting here to start with, right? I mean, you, you come on, hurry up. I'm always waiting. I'm starting the car now. I am starting the car. Like, that matters, really? Husband, you can say that all you want. You are not leaving without her, I promise you. I, now, you may leave without one of the children, but you are not leaving without her. And so, so the, the whole thing, and you get here, and you finally show up, and, and just, just walk through this with me, all the trouble, and you got dressed, and you got ready, and you got up early, and you made the kids actually shower for once this week. And, and, and you got dressed, and everybody smells good, and everybody looks good, and, and you park the car, and then you come towards the door, and you get there, and there's this big note on the door, and it says, Sorry, priest only. What goes on here, the meeting with God, the worship of God, that's not for you. How do you feel? Because that's the old covenant. Because that's the tabernacle. It's about barriers. It's about barriers, and you just got to see the barriers. But, but not, not, just, not just that, not just the outer. Then get to the inner. Now, now how about this? You are a priest. <laughs> you are a priest. You actually get to come in the building. You get to serve, and you get to worship God. But you're still not good enough. Still not good enough. So, so look at this. The, 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 only the high priest could enter the most holy place. So you're a priest, but you still don't get... Now, now the most holy... That's where the visible presence of God was, which is a symbol, by the way. God, that, was, that was God's symbol unto man. I'm with you, right? And, and, and he could only go in one day a year. And get this, he could never... He could never go in without a blood... Based offering ever, ever. That means the high priest could never come empty handed to God. High priest could never come empty handed to God. And then there's this last part that the text shows us, which is kind of a biggie. It says this this sacrifice, which was required once a year, was never able to clear the conscience of the worshiper. <laughs> never. This ritual, these barriers, all these hoops under this old covenant, it says that the worshiper, okay, everyday guy, his conscience was never cleared. Do you know what that means? That means that the people still felt dirty. That they, the, the people still were ashamed. They still felt unforgiven. 
They felt that they couldn't be used, that they couldn't serve God. Just imagine that. The people who had no way into God's presence thought there was no way that they were good enough. It's what the tabernacle shows us. So we start there, right? But then, then we find Jesus. But then we find Jesus. And just, just follow me here, ready? Under the new covenant, under the new covenant according to this text, Jesus has provided a way for us to freely access God. Okay? Under the new covenant, Jesus has provided a way for us to freely access God. Now remember the description. The tabernacle had, had these two veils and the worshipers couldn't even enter the first one. The priests couldn't enter the second one, right? God was, was hidden to the worshiper. They had no way to access him. But listen to what happens when Jesus lays down his life. Listen to what happens when Jesus gives up his spirit. I just want you to hear what happens. This is Matthew 27. It says that when Jesus had cried out again in a loud voice, he gave up his spirit. Now, now get this. I love this language. Ready? It says, at that moment, right? I, hear me. Hear me. The moment he, he laid down his life, the moment he paid the death price, that very moment, not an hour later, not, not a few hours, not a moment later, not three days later, at the very moment Jesus paid the death price, just, just listen, at that very moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom, the earth shook and the rock split. At that very moment, the moment that Jesus paid the death price, the curtain of separation was completely torn in two. This is what Jesus means when he says, I am the way, I am the truth. I am the life, and no one comes to the Father except by me. Without me, there is no access. Without me, there are still veils and barriers. But I have broken every barrier to God. Whoo, that's beautiful. That, 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 is, that is good stuff. In, in me, there is no more separation. In me, worshipers of God have free and unfettered access to God. Now, the old system, there was really no way for the worshiper. It was all about barriers. Only the priest could enter the outer. Only the high priest once a year could, could go in the inner, and he could never come empty-handed. The people never had a clear conscience, so they felt ashamed and they couldn't serve God. But, get this, Jesus died once for all. Jesus died once for all our sins and because He shed His perfect blood for us, we can now come to God freely, and this is huge, I'll explain it, freely and empty-handed. We get to come to God freely and empty-handed. And that last part is a big deal. It means that you don't have to have anything to come to God but yourself. You see, what Jesus shows us is that what God cares about is not what you look like or how much money you make or how much money you give or how, none of that stuff. God wants you. That's the story of the gospel. God loves you. That's, that's the beauty of the cross. And, and here's the great thing. You don't have to jump through religious hoops to get Him. You don't have to clean up before you can come to Him. You don't have to come with the, the blood of, of goats and animals and bulls. You don't have to make all these religious sacrifices. You don't have to read your Bible every single day. You don't have to memorize 25 scriptures every single year. You just get to come to God. 
And it's not that anything uh, of those things are bad, but it's that sometimes we feel like they're necessary. Like somehow we can't talk to God unless our whole life is aligned. And God says, no, look to the cross because I tore that old curtain. I tore that old curtain. It is gone. And now you get to come empty handed to me. Empty handed. That's huge for me, friends. Can I just tell you, sometimes the cupboard is bare. Right? Can I just be honest that there are sometimes that the grace of that moment, the grace of the cross just overwhelms me. And I am so grateful to my God that He knew me and that He knew what He was getting in me and that He knew that I would need to come empty-handed. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Right? It, it, it's, it's beautiful. It's grace. The sacrifice of Jesus, it's not religious, it's not ritualistic, it's not about the exterior, it cleanses us on the inside. The Bible says it clears our conscience. It drives out all guilt and shame and it replaces those things with love and thanksgiving and praise. It lifts the head and the heart of the worshiper. Because now we get God. Because now we receive His love. Because now we are known. Because now we are adopted. And because of those things, all fear is gone. All condemnation is gone. All shame is gone. All regret is gone. And we now actually feel worthy of God. Not because of anything that we've done. But because we finally understand His true love for us. That's why we feel worthy of God. That's why we come unashamed. This is our story. This is what Jesus has done for us so that we might serve the living God. Now, just want to take these, these truths and I kind of want to flesh them out for you and try to make them a little more real. Now, some of you are going to want to get up and walk out in a second when I give you my first application point. You're going to be, heretic, that guy's terrible. He told me. Okay, you'll, you'll get there. Trust me. There's some little church ladies going to happen up in you in a second. You'll be like, Oh, I can't believe he said that. Um, it's coming. Just let me explain it. So write it down first before you throw things at me. Uh, okay? So here we go. Some application number one. I'm going to challenge you. Agree with the enemy. Agree with the enemy. I'm going to tell you why. Because before we can understand how good he is, we really have to understand how bad we are. <laughs> All right? So, so I, I'm just going to give you this. this, is, this is, now, what does the enemy tell you, right? He says, he says you're a failure. The enemy says that you're a mess. The enemy says that you're a sinner. The enemy says that you are unclean. The enemy says that you are no good. So let me just give you a tool. Ready? Here's, this is my tool. I do it all the time. Agree with him. Agree with him. Stop fighting it. Like, yep. Yep, you got me. You got me. So this, this, this is point one. Now, listen, it's a two-step plan. So you got to, you, don't just do step one. Because that, that still leads to shame. So you've got you to buy into step two. But step one, because here's the deal. You know, what, you know what Satan does, right? He takes the truth of God and he just twists it and bends it. The Bible says I'm all those things. The Bible says I am a sinner. And the Bible says that on my own I am no good. And the Bible says that I am unclean. The Bible says all those things. But somehow when Satan says them, all of a sudden we got our head down and we just feel terrible. Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm useless. I can never do anything. We become Eeyore, Right? All right, so step one, get it, agree with him. That's the first tool. I just agree. I stop fighting. Yep, you're right. But here's step two. <laughs> it's good, ready? Okay, even more agree with God. Okay, so I agree with the enemy, but then I agree with God, right? The enemy says I'm a failure, right? But, but God says I'm forgiven. 
Right? So, so, so yes, you're right. You're right, Satan. I am a failure, but I'm forgiven. Right? The, the enemy says that I'm a mess. Right? But God says I'm mighty. So I'm like, you're right. I am a mess, but I am mighty. Check this out. This is good stuff. The enemy uh, says I'm a sinner. And he's right. But God says he's transforming me into a saint. Hallelujah. Right? And so I, I just stand upon it, right? The enemy says that I am unclean. And, and, and that's absolutely right. But I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, in Christ, I'm also unafraid, right? And the, the enemy says that I am no good. And he's right. But I can tell you that no thing can separate me from the love of my Jesus, right? And so we stand upon the promises of God. And here's what happens when we do this. This is huge. This is about letting Scripture sink into the depths of us. Letting God's promises replace the problem of guilt and shame. Letting God's promises replace the problem of guilt and shame. It's about Jesus cleansing our conscience. And when we get here, there's only one thing left. When we get here, there's just one thing left. Ready? Once we get all that, then we serve God. Not the dead God. Not the God who was. Not the God who will be. We serve the God who is. We serve the living God and we do it with a clean conscience. I meet far too many people that just say, listen, I, 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 I just can't, I can't serve. I can't, I can't serve God. I'm a mess. I'm a mess. You know what? You're right and he knows it. But hallelujah, this is the, the beautiful thing. You are a mess. Isn't that awesome that messes now get to serve the master? Isn't that great? That, that's the glory. This is what Jesus has done. Messes now get to serve the master. That's who we are. That's who we are. And so we rest in that. And we have a clear conscience. Guys, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you the same thing John would tell you. You're going to fail. You are going to fail, right? I mean, this this is John, the apostle of love. And he's going to tell you in love, right? You will fail. But when you do, but when you do, not if you do, but when you do, you know what you do? You just confess it. You ask for forgiveness and you get back up and you run this race. You're going to fail, but you know what? That's okay. Because Jesus has already succeeded. He's already succeeded. It is finished. It is finished. And so I'm just going to tell you, people ask a lot. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know how you guys do that. I don't know, like somehow they think that pastors are special. We're not priests. We are. We are not priests, right? There is no special door. I mean, we, we're just absolutely not. I, I'm going to tell you, the key for me literally is understanding who, who, what Jesus has done for me. That's it. Because I know who I am. I agree with the enemy, but I agree with God even more. And so I run and I fight and I don't stop. And I pray that you'll do the same. I pray that you'll do the same. There is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the blood of Jesus. And now I get to come to God just as I am. Empty-handed, a mess, you name it, Satan. Yep. All those things. But I got access to my Father because of Jesus. And so I come in confidence with a clean conscience, knowing that God knew exactly who he got in me. And that he still wanted me. Whew. It's good stuff. Would you guys pray with me? Father, thank you for loving us. God, your word is good, and it is strong, and it is right. And it is what we need. Father, my prayer uh, this morning is that uh, it is more than enough. Father, I believe with all my heart that there are some people here 
that are tired and they are weary. They are tired and they are weary because they have been trying to fill their hands with all kinds of righteous acts so that you might be pleased. And here's my prayer. God, it's a huge one this morning. I pray that they would empty those hands this morning in your sight. I pray that they would confess this morning that those things are not the answer. But rather, what you have done already is our answer. That we are yours and that is enough. And I pray that we would just receive that that spirit of sonship, that spirit of, of, of being a daughter. I pray that it would just wash over us this morning and that that would be enough for us. Jesus, I ask it in your holy and precious name. Amen. Amen.